0: Thank you for joining us today. My name is Maccabee Griffin. And I'm Marcella. And this is Beyond the Pen, where we take the well-known adage, read between the lines to a whole new level and beyond. Each week, we sit down with a new author to not only discuss one of their books, but also learn the story behind the story. All right, Marcella, I've got some quotes that I want you to figure out. What, what they have in common. Okay. We do
1: this every week and I never answer you. No, I know. But <laughs> All right.
0: I'll have what she's having. That's why they call them crushes. If they were easy, they'd call them something else. And forever is a long time and time has a way of changing things.
1: Relationships.
0: well you're not far off they also are very famous quotes from Mm the 80s and this Mm -hmm. and the reason why I say that is because yeah you should know about them so I chose because you grew up in the 80s like I did Hmm. okay that's all
1: okay I'm
0: not you're starting this (laughs) not me So don't even anyways, I chose these quotes for two reasons. One, because they're very well known and two, because they all have one thing in common life and how we deal with it. And that's what today's author has based her fictional book, chalice, the book of life on. She has taken pretty much everything we as humans deal with and threw it in this book and with a bit of spice for flavoring here and there. Um, the other thing was because of how life is, we deal with a lot of stuff, you know, life, death, love, heartache, families, everything. And she does this by weaving multiple lives in a way that creates a tapestry so well that at one point I thought I needed to go to confession because of what I was reading <laughs> at one point. Um, and I'm not even Catholic. Uh, oh. I mean, I felt, I, I literally felt the temperature go up in the room because of what I was reading. And here's the other thing. I had to make sure my kids weren't around when I was reading. Because I was like, my son has this tendency of like, getting over my, my shoulder. i like, are hey, you reading, Dad? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, okay, I need to, we're going <laughs> to skip that part. Okay, we're going to skip that part a little bit. Oh, okay. <laughs> but that's what life is like, you know, especially when love's involved. And that's okay, but here's the real reason I was happy to talk with her today is because there were so many subtle uh, subtleties that I I had to have a question about because there's just so many little things that made me want to look between the lines instead of what she actually wrote on the page. And it's really good writing if that happens. So without further ado... Ladies and gentlemen, I give you this.
1: this. I need to introduce her because she's a personal friend. And I keep saying she's a gifted writer and podcaster. My good friend, Aja Pearl. Aja Pearl, how are you? And why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, um, I'm originally from Spanish Harlem.
2: I'm from New York. I'm a New Yorker. Yes, I am. Mm -hmm, Like me. Uh, Yes, just like Marcella. you know, it what it was never my dream to be a writer, never. It, I guess I guess you could say it was like a calling to be a writer. I'm 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 not Hispanic at all, but I adapted to my environment, and I feel like I've become, you know, part of that culture. And it was an amazing culture to be part of. I don't know if you guys know, but Spanish Harlem is Black, Puerto Rican, and Italian. And I lived in, on the Puerto, more so on the Puerto Rican side, and to be immersed in that culture was amazing. That's how I learned Spanish, and that's how I lear- learned about the culture. And, and in fact, I mean, I know a little bit of Spanish just by you know living there. Well, so she
0: knows we, more than Marcella does. That's for sure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh. Wow,
1: <nice>.
0: Wow. <laughs> hey, you started it, not me. And
1: I grew up in South
0: <laughs> Harlem. And that's it's even just, more like, disturbing.
1: Perfect. Ajitra, and what street? More, I was on 116th Street between Lexington and 3rd. Get out!
2: Oh my god, I'm like walking distance from you. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so I was between 121st and 122nd in Lexington. I was that big tall building, that big tall brown building. Taino Towers. Yes, I, I was I was an avenue away from Taino Towers, yes.
0: Oh Lord, here we go. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) so let's get into the book, shall we? Because this is the reason, one, we're here. Two, I really have actual questions for this. I mean, I seriously thought a lot of different things that were going on in the background that I thought were really subtle, but they made major sense when it came to the writing. So when I was saying, when I read the book, I, I really felt like, it was a guide in a way that went beyond the words, like I said earlier, and it made me wonder a few things. For example, the way you were talking about the, and forgive me if I screw these last names up, I probably will, uh, the Berganzas and yes. the Narids.
2: Narids, yes.
0: Narids, good. And how how traditional they are. Um, especially when it comes to marriage and love. So how close to this was home to you, or was it something more that you saw within the neighborhoods that you grew up?
2: Well, okay, so as far as the Braganza family, I had a friend of mine, she was originally from India, and she was from the Christian part of India, which is Goa. Well, when she and her now husband were dating, her parents, well, her family was completely against it because she was Christian and he was Muslim and they weren't against it. So she married him anyway, but they eventually came around and they said, okay, we will accept this marriage on one condition. The husband has to convert to Christianity. And he said, sure, no problem. So they're happily married. They have two daughters I believe the husband, he, he works in Manhattan, and she's a nurse. They live in New Jersey, and, you know, everything is great. But it just goes to show that, oh, and also, you know, knowing knowing this family, I it also opened a floodgate to Bollywood movies. And even though they're entertaining, they're also informative because it gave me a window to what the culture is. You know, you have Punjabis can, has to marry Punjabis, Hindi's. Um, has to marry Hindis, Christians have to marry Christians, and that's why they have the arranged marriages. Now, sometimes a Punjabi, which is north of India, will marry somebody from southern India who is dark-skinned. And, of course, there's always some conflict there because they're like, no, 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 you have to marry your own, blah, blah, blah. You have to get a matchmaker, blah, 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 all that other stuff. So, yeah, I guess you could say that that's the Braganzas. Now, the Narids, well, I should say Nevin we were introduced to Nevin in the introduction. Now, Nevin was the only child, and he had a, and his parents were very, I guess very you could say, correct. stoic. Very,
0: yeah, very, very strict correct. and
2: very stoic. It, it was, he had a very, rough, a very rough childhood. Like, you have to do this, 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 this. It, he had no say in what he wanted to do. He loved music. That's what made him happy. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought
0: the conversation between the two sisters nuns, um, were actually really very informative of that type of characteristics in terms of the parents being so very traditional, very stoic saying, oh, we're not going to have him do this because we know it's going to happen, or we've seen it happen, or whatever the case may be, the the type of excuse they use. And, you know, it it made a a major impact on it. And and by the way, his wife, uh, Sabine. Right. Um, I I really hate. Um, <laughs> I, I really I really hate her. And we'll get onto that a little bit later on. But here's another thing I really want to ask you, because you also hit on a topic that even today is still considered taboo. And that is interracial, intercultural relationships, like you were saying earlier. And how many families actually still look at it this way in their lives? For example, Zora and Anton, Tony. you, Tony, excuse me,
1: yeah, <laughs> um,
0: was this something you consciously wrote about, or was this something that just happened while you were writing?
2: This happened while I was writing because, um, I've always dated outside my race. My go-to is Hispanic men. why? because I've grew up in in Spanish Harlem, so I was attracted to Puerto Rican men, okay. So I've always, I've always dated outside my race, and whenever I did date outside my race, there was no problem, but I've also saw where it was a problem, where, you know, like I said with the Braganzas, you know, Tony was already set to, to get married to somebody of his own culture, his own religion, and the whole nine yards. He wasn't supposed to fall in love with somebody else, especially somebody outside his culture and outside his race, but that's what happened. And he had to make a very hard decision to break up with Zora to be with his now wife.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely saw that. I really felt for her, um, especially when she was very um, confused in terms of her feelings at that time. You know, alcohol does a lot of different things to us uh, in her case. It was definitely just, um, trying to not have that uh, kickback or of a relationship. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Anyways. um a rebound. But, rebound. Thank you. Yeah. So the, having a rebound relationship. And to me, that really hit on another point in terms of just how emotionally connected that you're being with these characters. And how invested you are to actually see them find success, find love, find everything that they truly desire and they need. Okay. And again, going back to Sabina, I pray that something bad happens to this woman. So oh, you're much. terrible. <laughs> I, if you read exactly what I read, I promise you, you would be <laughs> worse than I am right now. Uh,
2: I, I wanted there to a be a very hateful, I wanted to be. I wanted her to be a very hateful character. Oh, I wanted you, her to be you hit
1: that. That oh, was going to be my question in hearing this conversation. Yeah. If if you deliberately wrote her to be unlikable, um. But I, yeah. I do have a question about the writing in general, just because you know we we've gotten to know each other, uh, the past few months. Actually, a little longer. You know, I, like I said, I consider you my friend. So, and I know quite a bit about you. I um. Yeah. Did you write this book? because of where and how you grew up. And did you want to just send a message to people? Or was this just something that you just, you know, it's like, you know what, I would love to tell a story. So because everybody has their a different way of telling a story is either they just pop in their head and like, wow, what a great idea. Or it's something that they grew up with. And like, oh, I want to tell about these people that I knew. Um, and, and tell people about them, because I feel like other people will will react to them the same way that I did.
2: Glad you asked that question, um so this is how it all started. So here I am chilling in my friend's apartment in Washington Heights, right, and a character pops up into my head and and then i and then I develop from that character, and then another character pops up into my head, and then that grew and it grew and grew and grew and grew, and grew into like you know it it just grew and next thing you know. I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm writing. And then I realize, you know what, this is this is therapeutic for me. And as I write a little bit more, I realize, you know, this, this, this isn't therapeutic for just me. This could be therapeutic for other people because other people are going through this situation. Like the arranged marriage, the unplanned pregnancy. We all go through that. And I think it's because I'm such an empath that I'm able to put myself. In these characters' position, like, what? A, how would I? How would I react to the situation if I was Zora? How would I feel if the love of my life called me and told me that it was over? And then two weeks later, I find out I'm pregnant with his baby. So I really had to put myself in that position, especially with with Tony was concerned. He set to marry somebody but he's in love with somebody else. Yeah. And you have to make a tough decision. Like what do I do? Do I choose love or tradition? So he had to choose tradition because he didn't want to lose his family. Yeah.
0: And here's the other thing that I really liked about it was the fact that when you were setting this up, um, the college that she was actually, that they were both going to makes a big difference into the situation too, because you cannot be single and pregnant at the same time and, and still go there. So it's a big thing too. Here's the other thing I had a question on. Why the 80s?
2: Well, because I'm an 80s baby.
0: <laughs> I figured that was going to be the answer. But can you please <laughs> iterate a little bit more why the 80s? Okay,
2: Okay. sure. So the reason, so I, I look back, I reminisce on the 80s, and I think of how, how the 80s was for me. It's not, things are not as liberating as it was back then. Um, there was a lot of restrictions, you know. Oh, yeah, um,
0: definitely.
2: Yeah. And plus the 80s was a time when AIDS came into play and the crack pandemic came into play. Mm-hmm. So I also included that. I, I, I wanted to include some history in there as well. To, so that the reader can understand, yeah, this is the 1980s, and this was what was going on.
0: Yeah, so, you, so you basically looked at it from a historical point of view, that these were the times, and especially in the location that you put it as, um, where a lot of things were going on to make drama up, uh, because it all right. literally was drama in the list. And I'm glad you were talking about that, because you also we're really hitting on some very sensitive things. You started it out, obviously, at the beginning with this, when you were talking about, you know, the AIDS, uh, how it was impacting everybody's lives, as well as um, all the drugs that were going on as well. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to take it from a different point of view in this, because if we're going to be talking about vanilla cocoa bean, um <laughs> by the way, I like that that interesting name for a drag queen. It's very interesting <laughs> um for all those you have to pick it up and and read to get it to the, what we're talking about. but I wanted to take it from a different point of view because obviously with Christopher coming in and having that conversation with uh, his wife, um, Valentine yeah. um it's the idea that how, emotionally impactful this is on a lot of people because you're talking about, and this is where the whole thing about uh, Sabine uh, coming in that I really just hated her being the villain is because she is so homophobic. It is mm-hmm. not even funny. Yeah. And the fact was, is that after uh, because it's at the beginning of the, of the book that Naveen actually uh, dies one of the reasons why was because of the fact that she kicked him out because of what he was doing. And he was trying to take care of his family. He was working at a bar and found how Christopher, his boss, saw that he was such a great janitor, we'll say. He kept that thing spotless, that bar spotless. And everybody loved him. Everybody knew him. And so he wanted to promote him. So the best way he did is lounge singer. Well, what's the area like? let's get some drag queen in here and allow you to (laughs) sing because of the fact you have a feminine voice when you sing. But I wanted to really impact, like I said, I wanted to take it from a child's point of view because in that same scene, at the end of that scene, Mm -hmm. you hit something that was really specific from Yvonne Lay's point of view. And I wanted to go directly to you about that. Yeah and that was because she's hearing this whole conversation about him being dead, about Sabine not wanting to have people around, all this other stuff, and hearing this whole conversation from her bedroom, why was it so important for you to end that scene with her still awake and trying to um, comprehend all of this?
2: I'm glad you asked that question. And the reason why I did that is because um, when my uncle died from cancer, he died when I was six years old. And no one explained death to me. So I figured, oh, well, my uncle's dead. He's going to heaven. God is going to fix him and make him better and bring him back home. And And I put that in the book. I put that in the book. Yvonne Lee does not understand the concept of death. Yeah. She thinks that, that, um, that her uncle Nevin is going to heaven. God is going to fix him, make him all better. And he's going to come back to earth and things are going to be great again.
1: It's, it's funny that and I grew up what, thinking the I same think. thing. Aja Pearl. I, I literally, <laughs> so it, this is why I said we have, we have a lot in common, not just the, the, you know, the area we grew up in and everything. <laughs> So were you writing that from your perspective? Cause I think you just said that you were, but is there anything else that you, are there any other parts of you that you put into that book conversations that you've had or feelings that you've had about specific things that you, you wrote that from your heart and not just from, because it, it's, you're obviously a gifted writer. I, I said this before, and I, I will continue to say it so and bad. I say it because I've heard her read her yes, own stories yes. on, on clubhouse. So, um, My question is how much of that is you and how much of it is just maybe casual conversations you've overheard or, or conversations you've heard amongst other people?
2: The the book is definitely not about me. There are fragments of me. Like I, I'm, I'm a city girl. I'm an eighties baby. I went to Catholic school from the age of six to six to 18. So I was in Catholic school for 12 years of my life. And you know, the concept of death. I do have younger siblings, but I have a younger sister and a younger brother. That's basically it but and um you, and yeah. you know
0: what's sometimes that's all you need is just those little fragments here and there, and it makes you wonder about as a reader like when we're this is what I love about doing the show is the fact that we want to see all these little and figure out what fragments are of the author, what's the environment. What's their history of, with, uh, with other people or what they've figured out during, you know, building their narrative. And that's really something I really enjoy. And because of that, I'm going to go ahead and send it back over to Marcella so she can ask you two more questions. And uh, these are very important because we ask every author this, these same two questions, sure. and they're always different. So, Marcella, go ahead.
1: So, Aja Pearl. And yeah, I love yeah. her name. That's why I call her by her whole name. Aja Pro a, a fantastic <laughs> name for an author. Um, there's actually a, a couple of things I wanted to ask. So other than my, my two questions, I, and one of them I, we usually ask at the end, but I, I'm going to start with this. What is your writing kryptonite?
2: Procrastination.
1: <laughs> that's that's not unusual. And I'm, nope, I'm glad to hear that because... Like I said, I just, I just love the whole persona, the whole thing, Aja Pearl and, and, and like I said, the other books that I've heard you read. Amazing. Oh, And (laughs) you've written, you've written more than one book. So after I ask my second question, I would love to hear more about that. So my second question is, um, is there a quote or a person or a book, something that inspires you to continue writing? It's funny you ask
2: that. Um, and I tell people all, all the time. I even tell my boyfriend because he, here's the thing. I'm a weird person. I'm a weird person. Okay. And as time and as I've gotten, you know, older, I've embraced my weirdness. And I'm glad I have somebody who just lets me be weird. He just lets me be weird. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he just lets me do weird. And he makes little jokes like, did you take your medicine today? Oh, my God. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ask Marcella that all the time. Um, <laughs> she usually doesn't, but, you know. Anyways. But it's great to be weird. That's what makes us creative. Yep.
2: And and you know something? I tell, I tell my boyfriend all these characters that just pop up into my head, and he's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you go any further, because I'm the storyteller in the relationship. He's like, Wait a minute. Well, hold on. Hold on. Are these people real? And I say no. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so that what was, you're saying kind is of what
1: I wanted to ask before. Okay, so um, what you're saying is you lied to him in a way. My Goodness. Oh my God. <laughs> She's. She, you are. You're something else. And and I I love talking to Aja Pearl. We have we have this. She comes in and she will start speaking. And sometimes I go. You know what? Sometimes I wonder if you're weirder than me. That's, that's a compliment. That says a lot too. <laughs> that is a compliment. That's a lot. But, so wow. We usually ask our authors at the end of the interview to tell us where we can find you, but there was something else I wanted to ask you. Um you've written how many books have you written so far?
2: So far I've written two. Okay. But
1: I am working a, I'm working on a plethora of books. I I right I fixed I figured that, but there's more to Aja than just books. Tell us about the other two things that I happen to know about. Um, I would love to hear that, And then Mac's gonna ask you something else.
2: Okay, so besides being an author, I have a podcast, which is The World of Aja Pearl. And it's pretty much where professionals can just take off their business suits per se, and just relax and chill. Okay. And the reason why I use, I say professionals is the fact that not to knock anybody who works a nine to five and who's cool with doing a nine to five, because, you know, as far as I'm concerned, they are the heroes. They got to deal with a lot of shit every day and mad props to them, mad, mad props. But there are those who say, you know what? I don't want to just do a nine to five. I don't want to just wake up. To go to work punch in a time clock come home just to do it again the next day because because my life is more than that these are people who have dared to go after their dream to take that tenacity and just drive they have that drive that tenacity to go after their dream and we and they talk about it we we all and we and we talk about it like in fact I had a model on my show on my podcast that was born with a cleft palate. And he's a model now. He's a model. He And he's doing amazing things.
1: Yeah. But there, that that wasn't, I mean, I, I knew about the podcast. And I kind of hinted at it earlier in the show. But there's something else that you do besides podcasting and writing.
2: Oh, yes. I'm also a jewelry maker and designer. Uh, my brand is called Carlin and Avika Gems. I have three featured collections. One is called the Gunner and Rosalia collection. And it's um I, I personified it because I work with rose gold, anything pink, and the color gunmetal. So it's like a it's like a relationship between gunmetal and you know, rose gold or anything pink. Then my second collection is called chocolate strawberries. And that's anything pink and brown. Usually it's freshwater pearls. Um, the, brown, the brown is the freshwater pearls. And then I have a third collection called Freedom Loves You, F-L-Y, which is fly. And that was inspired by the LGBTQ community. Actually, the, the show Pose inspired me to start this collection. I don't know if you're familiar with the show Pose. But Pose is amazing. It shows a whole different angle of what family is, and it's amazing show. I'm like, I have to start a collection. So yeah, I, so that's, yeah. So I started Freedom Loves You, um, inspired by not just not just Pose, but the LGBTQ plus community.
1: There we go. And I have <laughs> I was waiting for
2: that. <laughs> and I have a um. Uh, a, another brand called a jar of cookies where I bake my own cookies I have my own flavors and you know like bacon cookies I make potato chip cookies um, pretzel cookies um, triple chocolate chip cookies you name it well can't name it because these are my own <laughs> I was about to say I don't think I've ever heard of the uh, potato chip cookie that could be interesting definitely got the salt it, it's there. really good it's really good i've tried it it's really good <laughs>
0: i <laughs> hope you've tried say
1: it so herself <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's like <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man well aja pearl we thank you <laughs> for being on the show i had to say it that way because if not you know it's gonna be awesome we thank you for being on the show the floor is yours. Please tell everyone where they can find you, any events that you're going to be in, and anything else you would like to close the show with.
2: Okay. Well, first of all, um, you can find my books on Amazon, BookBub, and Walmart online, only online. Um, you can also find me on Instagram under PinkBox219 or a jar underscore of underscore cookies, And you can find me on Facebook. Asha Pearl, I also want to say this last thing. No matter what anybody says, go after your dream. Do what makes you happy. The the naysayers could be your family, which sucks. Your closest friends, which sucks. But if you believe in your heart of hearts that you are meant to do something, go after it. Even if you have one supporter, Because all you need is one supporter. If you got that one supporter, you are good. So I say go after your dreams and do what makes you happy.
0: Man, I can't say it any better than that. (laughs) So what would you think? Uh, (laughs) I need to go to confession. Um, I do. No, it was really good. It actually was very good because she did hit a lot of different things from the 80s that a lot of people... Um, have either forgotten or just didn't want to take that other idea that um, the empathy of that other person, you know, from the fact of single moms uh, in college having to drop out to take care of the families to um, homosexuality and, you know, anything that thereof that was not normal as most people would think. Yeah. to the way people actually judged each other. You know, there's so many things involved in that, just the first couple of chapters that I received. And it makes a difference when you can take your life that you've grown up in, little bits of your life to add into this. And it makes it more effective when it comes to the message at the end. So I think it was a wonderful book. And I think everybody should go out, Find it, buy it, support Aja Pearl and all her em- entrepreneurial ways uh, with crookies and joya. Mm-hmm. That, that sounds like just like a, a, a weekend away <laughs> for women. Well, but
1: it's International that's spicy? Women's Month. You know that? that's true. That's Tomorrow true. Tomorrow yeah. is International Women's Day, and I I am so proud of Aja in general. You know, I can spot a good author. Yes, you can. Yeah. I'll give you that. yes, I can. Yes, I'll I'll I can. Give you that. I can. I, I just have a feeling about them, and um, I, I just knew that you would like her book. I knew that, so. Yes, I did. I, I would
0: definitely <laughs> say I did. Um, I had to skip over a few parts of that, but other than that, just because I didn't yet. We know. Anyways, but no, it, it, honestly, I think this is a great book to, to start out with International Women's Week. It should be all year, it's just because of how it is. Um, but like I was saying, you know, this is something that I could see women going off to the on the weekend with all of her products, you know, have a great book to read, eat some cookies that no one the else is ever gonna get, yeah, good, yeah <laughs> and and find some jewelry that you can wear, you know, it's just it's all there for you. So, anyways, until next time, folks, remember keep writing, keep inspiring, and keep sharing. As you go beyond the pen. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of Beyond the Pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen... Follow us on Twitter at BeyondThePenPod and Instagram at BeyondThePenPodcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at BeyondThePenPodcast.com.